two out of the three boneheads support all people. And then there's Joe. All right, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. We are talking about people you gave the clap to, right? Because that's what I got notes on. (laughs) Welcome to Bonehead. Welcome to Bonehead. I gave you the clap. Congratulations. (laughs) For episode 101. Yeah, I guess this will be 101. Wasn't that 100th episode, Grandkids? See, it's funny because we're actually taping this before it airs. Yeah, and technically... In in honor of ninety nine or something. Yeah, technically it was episode one hundred eight. Yeah, technically I think John Hughes doesn't matter. In all honesty, well, just I want everybody to know this is our hundred and first episode, and then in honor of that, earlier today, Chad ate a Dalmatian. It was tasty. You didn't eat a hundred one of them, did you? (laughs) No, that's gluttony. It's a sin. Sin. But then you know what I did. Smothered it in ketchup. There's a stay puffed in most episodes. I just wanted to show this. Anyway. Behind me uh, is a wall. Yeah. Well, at least you don't have that damned uh, here. Let me tell you about Jesus's time in America shirt on. No, I, I, it, it's uh, here in the tundra. It's especially hot today. And, and uh, uh, more information than you need to know. It's, you know that's inaccurate. <laughs> when did you uh, get Toyota? No, no, no. It's a Highlander. There can be only one. <laughs> so, what's our episode topic today? Can I tell you all something? So, every once in a while, you guys come up with topics, and I keep kind of pushing them off and go, yeah, that's fine. But in the back of my head, I'm thinking, geez, I don't keep think we can keep that putting well, that off. And the other thing before you say that is this has been on the board since probably about week two yeah. of yeah. the show. So, yeah. over two years. I successfully, I have successfully kept this off and but, i think you were the one that put it on the board how well hold on let me look at the handwriting which one is it now hold on that doesn't matter who put it on the board because at one time you wouldn't touch the board i had to write everything on the board so it's probably my handwriting movies that bomb that don't suck uh, that's my handwriting yeah. anyway this is the topic of movies that are fan freaking tastic that have awful, awful sequels right yes there is a few I went to do my research on this, and guess what? <laughs> I could do four epic oh, yeah. on this topic. Well, I, I want to say something before. 15 movies. Before we get underway, I want to say something real quick, because as I sat down to do this, there were several, as Joe was alluding to, and what I quickly realized was what I had to do is, is look at this buffet of loathsomeness in front of me and figure out which ones actually set me off the most. Because some of them are disappointing sequels compared to the awesomeness that was the original one that yeah. they're following. But they're not, uh, but they have some redeeming qualities. I tried to pick the ones that even I, with my loose definition of what good movies are. You have uh, loose morals. And loose stools. Y- your mother told me the same thing. Anyway, um, the... Uh, anyway, uh, but th- th- so the ones I picked are the ones that I went no, I can't, I can't figure out a redemption for this. Yeah, no, and I'm the same way. There is no but, redeeming qualities about either of the three that I picked. Three? How did you narrow it down? I'm going to look know, at my list. I, I didn't. All I saw was worst sequels. I have a list. I forgot to put my honorable mentions down, which I'm now mad about. I had about 15 that I was got. Oh yeah. From, but these are the top three. 
Okay. But I, I literally, and, and let me tell you what I did for my process. I actually at one point stepped back and went, hold on, let's, to, to narrow it down, I looked at things like soundtrack. If the if there was at least redeeming music on the soundtrack, I looked at, so that's how I eliminated mine down to, and I still came up with about five, but I'll, I'll y'all may steal one of them or I may cut one out as I go. So there you go. So should I go first? Yeah, you go first because there's one you want to. Uh... Yeah, I'm afraid I, I told Joe I, there's two on my list that I am pretty damn sure neither one of you got. But this first one, I'm afraid one of you have because it is it is genuinely reviled by the masses. Um, this movie's so bad that it got critically panned across the board, with the exception of a few people. One of those, two of those people being Siskel and Ebert. They liked it. They liked it. And Ebert um, ha is quoted as saying that this is one of the movies he's had to defend more than any other and was the example used when he was cited as being a poor critic. Speed 2. Cruise Control. Control. Which didn't work on my truck when I... I, I you know, I, I didn't have that one. I don't have and it. And I didn't have okay. that one for the sole purpose that... There is nothing redeeming about Speed 2, James. I, I've but it's vanilla. It. I've it's vanilla, and that's what I was going to say. I have seen it, but if you held a gun to my head, other than the fact that it takes place on a boat, I can't tell you anything about the movie. It was such a vanilla experience when I watched it. You know, I don't remember. Really? William Defoe as the over-the-top the, the over villain who had an obsession with leeches? Nope. Well, don't remember. I remember in, watching it. He is but in the middle of the remember. boat setting up his devices, and he's covering himself with leeches, leeches man, laughing maniacally. I honestly have only seen scenes. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, it, it, it's as a, much as I love Jason Patrick. <laughs> did he? Uh, did, did at any point he sang about the leeches? You know, no. millions of leeches, no. leeches for me. Millions of leeches, leeches for free. So the estimated budget for this movie was one hundred and sixty million. Directed by Jan de Bont. Jan de Bont. It was his um, his second to last movie before he he had quit directing. The last one was The Conjuring. He nope. didn't direct The Conjuring. He directed The Haunting. Sorry. Oh yeah, that's right. The Conjuring. Thank I'm, you. I'm just here to help you. And again, this is what happens when I go off my notes. Uh, so worldwide gross, <laughs> worldwide gross for this movie one hundred and sixty four million dollars. Ah, which it, means it lost money. It lost money. Yeah, you got to double to actually make. <clears throat> So, Sandra Bullock in a 2000 interview called this the biggest piece of crap ever made. <laughs> um, in a, um, some of this information comes from an interview from The Telegraph by Adam White. Uh, she went on to say in that movie, in that article, John DeBont gave me a career and now he ended it. <laughs> <laughs> um, here are the movies that were released. She's in Demolition Man, too. So Demolition Man came before this. I know. I'm just saying. And the reason she did this is... Um, she Not was, a good movie. And the reason... So... the re so, uh, Has redeeming parts. So let me tell you. Uh, Je the only person who was contractually obligated to return to do this movie was Jean DeBont. Nobody else was contractually obligated to do a sequel. Um, he decided to base it on... A, so there's two stories about where this script came from. I'm going from the Telegraph article, um, since it actually is him saying it, but I, I want to talk about the other source where okay. it says, what this, uh, he said he had a nightmare he was having about, a, uh, it was based on a nightmare he was having about a cruise ship. 
crashing into a small town, which was how the movie actually ends. Yeah. So essentially they took this small nightmare and took the very end of the movie and worked backwards to create this script off of. Really? Yes. Now the other story is that this was a movie that was supposed to have been a diehard sequel and they took it and reworked it into a speed sequel. I've heard that before too. So you got two different sources where this script came from. Was there a script? Not really. Yeah. So Sandra Bullock in a 2000, oh, sorry, I said that right. Gary Oldman turned down the role of the villain to make Air Force One. Keanu Reeves turned down the role of the hero. Yeah, so. Uh, so Keanu uh, Reeves, who did Ronin 47. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about Keanu Reeves turning it down. So Keanu Reeves declined the movie because he knew the script was terrible. He opted to star in The Devil's Advocate instead. Better movie. Better movie. Um, and also to tour with his band Dogstar. I don't, I'm not familiar with the music, but it probably couldn't be worse. Now, as a result of him turning down this movie, Fox banned him for over 11 years from doing any movies with them for, over, um, for that long. His return to Fox was in 2008, the, Earth, the Day the Earth Stood Still. Which is a terrible movie. Terrible movie, but he came back to work for Fox after that time frame. And because Fox held such a grudge on him turning this down. Well, yeah. But he even said, he goes, he knew he wasn't, he, he read the script and said, I can't do this. Sandra Bullock, the only reason Sandra Bullock agreed to do this was three, was a, was a, it's a combination of three different things. One, she had just gotten off. So she had had huge hits with speed one and while you were sleeping, but that was followed up with the net and two if by C with Dennis Leary. Two very equally terrible movies. Also, she broke. She had just ended her relationship with Matthew McConaughey. Oh no! Yeah, did so, they get back together? No. Oh, all right, all right, all right. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no, James! <laughs> oh no! Did he not hear the news? News. <laughs> oh. But anyway, so she agreed to do this because she was in a bad emotional spot. Also, because they agreed to finance a pet project of hers, Hope Floats. That turned out okay. Yeah. That was a hit. Now, Jay, That's directed by that Forrest Whitaker fellow. <laughs> Is it directed by Forrest Whitaker? Yeah. I did not know that. Google it, bitch. I'm surprised you knew that. I, he knows all things related to Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. Good point. But was, hey, Joe, watch this. Watch this, Chad. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. Yeah. What's Forrest Whitaker's favorite pizza topic? Forrest Whitaker don't eat pizza. There you go. Look it up. <laughs> If you find something, I'll be shocked. You would make me even more shocked. Actually, what would be amazing is if Forrest Whitaker somehow saw this and called us out online going, I don't know Joe Lewis. Yeah. I don't like Joe Lewis. He needs to keep his name out, my name out of his mouth. That would be the best thing that ever happened. Yeah. So, That'd be hilarious. So when, <laughs> so when Keanu Reeves turned this down, yeah. two people who actually wanted to do this movie, Christian Slater, John Bon Jovi. Why John Bon he wanted to do the movie, but they turned him down for the role. So they gave it to Jason Patrick, who again, only excuse me, only agreed to do this movie because his he wanted funding for his next movie, uh, Your Friends and uh, Neighbors, I think is what it was called. I'll have to it look wasn't it up. Hope Floats. No. Uh, by the way, the, one of my favorite and, and at least proof that John Bon Jovi has a sense of humor about his acting. Um, I. I, I hope this isn't on anybody's list. There's a sequel made to um, Vampires. 
uh, yeah, called yeah. The, Lost, the Lost Verata. Yeah, it's actually directed uh, by uh, Tommy Lee Wallace. Yep. The the I know these things when they were promoting the film, one of the people that uh, John Bon Jovi agreed to an interview with uh, was a great great interviewer. We'd love to have him on the show. Um, Triumph the insult, comic dog. Uh, and Triumph's only interview question was, "Are you glad to make this movie?" Glad to finally find a role that pays you to suck. And John Bon Jovi actually answered the question. So there you go. Wow. That's so, a good story. Thanks. So Jason Patrick. That right there, that was that, that was a story about John Bon Jovi. <laughs> so when, Part of the most overrated band of all. So when Jason Patrick agreed to do this movie, um, he had it, he made it he under one condition that uh, he there would be some serious script changes. That sounds like a good condition. Yeah. <laughs> but, That's not a heart what, condition at all. What was what was the movie like before the script <laughs> The leeches were actually starring. However, <laughs> when he arrived to the set three months later, he found that they made none of the changes that he asked for. And at that point, he was so contractually obligated to do the movie that he couldn't get out of it. He calls this the worst experience in making a movie that he ever had in his entire career. And as a result, he actually hasn't gone back to do any major motion pictures since then. Or does no one call? Maybe. Just saying. Who knows? They're like, look at that Lost Boy crap. But no, this movie is absolutely terrible. There's the scenes. It's just a bunch of jumbled scenes put together. And you can tell because it actually went through two different screenwriters. It went through Jane Jabant. And then uh, it was the original screenwriter for Speed. And then he couldn't make sense of it. Graham Yost? Yeah. So he tried it. <laughs> Thank you. And then it went on to two different he screenwriters. He also did Justified. Oh, yeah, I forgot, yeah. I was justified. Which I don't have the appeal that you all do. But anyway, it just, there's a bunch of scenes that makes no sense. You could tell they were struggling. Jean de Bont, uh was have, was on a was on an ego trip, too. He nearly decapitated Sandra Bullock because he said that the actors had to do this, their own studs. He refused to use stunt doubles because he didn't, he, he didn't want to take from the realism of the movie. Mm. You know, I've heard some of that uh, from... That runs into a small town. Uh, I've heard that actually about uh, there's a couple things that came out of the haunting about that as well. Speaking of which, that yeah. I've heard that not the haunting, haunting, beautiful film makes no sense. It's no. god awful. Dude. Yeah, That's yeah, but that, uh, there's, there's some imagery in it I like. But yes, all it's got is imagery. So um, I'm going to end this and then I'll let you all go on to talk. But there are three movies that came out in the summer of 1997 after in the course of three weeks. So the first, Con Air. Love Con Air. It's, oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's dumb, good fun. That's all it is. Are Go you, and enjoy yeah. it. It's followed by Speed 2. And then the next week, yeah. Batman and Robin. I, I, Another terrible sequel. Not on my list. All right. I didn't talk uh, about it either. Real quick, by the way, we did say, and just if you're wondering why we're not naming some horrible, horrible other movies, probably tonight, we're doing direct sequels, right? I I can do both, but yeah, we'll do that. Let's I do direct gone. sequels because I mean, if we if we go on to horrible, horrible, like you get to part five and six, you ever seen them Star Trek pictures? I'm kidding. All right. <laughs> So, do you want me to go next? Go. James, you, do you have any desire to talk? No, you go ahead. I got a good nose. If Joe takes it, I got a good one, but I'm afraid I'm going to take it from you. I'll, I'll let you know if you do. All right. Does yours have Christopher 
Anybody named Christopher in it? Yes, I, that was one of mine, but I figured somebody might take it because I've got stories about that. But go I ahead. I'm assuming I know what it is. Highlander 2, Two the quickening, quickening, is the biggest dog turd piece of shit ever created and spat out of what's the, what's the Greek dog? Azuza, Azuba? What's, oh, what's Cer Cer Cerebus? Cerebus, that he shit in a bag that Zeus had to pick up because it was outside <laughs> my yard out there. Them assholes won't pick up their dog turds, Chad. Why won't they pick them up? <laughs> now, for people listening, I hadn't said much in a while. I've been, been just trying to get that out. Um, well, it's a bad movie, guys. You know, what's funny about it is my, my biggest thing about it, and I, I do like the hand, high, the Highlander, I don't know where it's going, the Highlander franchise. Um, the problem is uh there's several movie reasons that movie suck but not the least mind dickhead no no what i want to say though is not the least of it is it doesn't make sense within the world that you've already established right so so here's my one defense of uh highlander 2 michael ironside okay i'm going to open up with a quote from michael ironside that's a good segue james you suck but his is a good segue by the way, my first line is directed by Russell McKay. What? They're aliens? And then I go into my Michael Irons. <laughs> oh, God, this movie's terrible. So I'm not a huge Highlander fan. I can enjoy the first one for the scenes, but to sit down and watch it, I would just as soon listen to the Queen music and skip to all of the uh, – what's that guy's name that I really like? Clancy Brown. There you go. Boy, that's the a Kurgan. national treasure right there. Yes, he is. That's a national treasure. So this is what Michael Iron said, Ironside, who's a fantastic actor. Yes, and he actually he he does a good scene chewing. Oh, he's awful in it. Yeah, he's awful. Let, listen to this. But it's entertaining. But it's not a good movie. Yeah, listen. It's terrible. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, listen. I hated that script. <laughs> we all did. Me, Sean, Chris, we were all in it for the money on this one. I mean, it read as if it had been written by a 13-year-old boy. But I'd never played a barbarian swordsman before, and this was my first big evil mastermind type. I figured if I was going to do this stupid movie, I might as well have fun and go as far over the top as I possibly could. All that eye-rolling and foaming at the mouth was me deciding that if it was going to be a piece of shit like that movie was, I was going to be the most memorable fucking thing in it and then I think I succeeded. Yes, you did. <laughs> it's awful. I can remember watching this. My mom rented it and brought it home. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, aliens. And it's, oh, wait, Highlanders are aliens? Yeah. It's so stupid. From the the right, that couldn't have been nine or ten at the time when I saw it. And even then I was going, damn, that's stupid. And then I immediately followed by that watching Critters 3 or Critters 4. Christopher Lambert was so disgusted with a written, rewritten script that he wanted to drop out his contract. Obligations forced him to finish it. Russell McCahey, they'll select the theatrical cut so much because the producers took it away from him. Yeah. A lot of it's blamed on Argentini, Ar Argentine, Ar Argentina. Uh, why can't I think of say the name of Argentinia? There you go. And that they had a business where it was shot at, and that there was a lot of deals and tax breaks and whatnot. And the producers ended up taking it over. But he wanted his name removed from the film, and they contractually couldn't do it. He also walked out of the premiere 15 minutes into it. Well, and the other part of about, that movie. Oh, wow. Huh? The, the other part about that is part of the problem with Argentina at the time was Argentina had had a huge issue and their inflation jumped way, 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 way up. Oh. So all those tax deals, they weren't doing enough. Yeah, the so, budget went over. And, and so the, the uh, yeah, there's several great 
stories. Um, John C. McGinley is in it. It's one of the two times he worked with Sean Connery. Yeah, and he has, uh, he has some comments about working with Sean Connery, too, <laughs> which what um, John C. McGinley on the Kevin Pauly podcast about Sean Connery. Oh, well, he talked about him working on, on, on The Rock. Rock. Is really, he we're said, all sitting around here, you're only going to do two takes? Is that what yeah, you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, but uh, th- he said, I think if I remember correctly, John C. McGinley also said that um, f- for some reason he got into his head that he would do his character's voice trying to do a, a, a Orson Welles type sound, and he says he regrets that immensely now. <laughs> I've went back and watched it. I'm like, I don't know where he thought he was doing Orson Welles, but anyway. Um, one of the other things for Virginia Madsen said the only two reasons she did it was to meet Sean Connery and go to Argentina. Uh, Argentina. Why can't we say Argentina? It's Argentina instead of Argentina. I People wasn't going to correct you. You should have. I'm sorry. One of us has I'm a D. It's that D bag right there. <laughs> I'm going to say it however I want. Well, yeah, but it doesn't make me correct. America. According to legend that Christopher Lambert was a client of the Buenos Aires discotheques and nightclubs. And he got so drunk that he wasn't able to make at least nine of the shooting days. Christopher Lambert? Yes. Nine of the shooting days during the hangovers. Uh, it It's a, there's a renegade version. Have you guys ever watched it where they yes, remove the aliens? I, I don't think I've actually TV. seen it. Is it make it's, it any better? Yeah, it's well, still, yeah. it's a piece of shit. Here's, here's what they do. And here's the problem. There's actually two different cuts of it. There's a renegade cut and then yeah. another cut that got made later. The renegade cut is the best that Russell, uh, what's his name? Russell McKay. McKay. He directed the McKay, original. He directed Razorback. Actually, he directed the my favorite sequel to the, um, he's not a really good director. He's a, he, he directed The Shadow. You like The Shadow. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but, it's not a good movie, but no, I like he, The Shadow. He really, and he directed the third Resident Evil one, the one in Vegas. I think that's actually out of the sequels. It's one of the better ones because okay. most of them are. But you talk about nonsensical. Yeah, yeah. After but Russell Anderson came back and started making the sequels again, I mean, they make no sense. Yeah. No sense. Russell McKay recut it, and that's the Renegade version. It adds about eighteen minutes and takes other things out. Mm-hmm. Um, adds in some fights, adds in some stuff in it. What they do as best he could do it with the footage he has is he takes out all references to them being aliens, and it's supposed to be kind of this court, this higher power court, and they sentence the Highlanders to be spread out through time so they'll never get the prize. So no, none of them are ever supposed to meet, and it, that it tries to explain away what originally is explained by them being aliens. Yeah. So the Renegade cut tries. Um, and then there was another cut that was made by some of the, I think one of the producers actually went back and did it when he got all the, uh, in about 2006 or 2008, when all the fans threatened, they said that's still the worst one. Um, and they went back and and edited it. And they actually brought in Christopher Lambert to do a new voiceover. And that one, I've got the Renegade cut because I didn't know about this one until I started researching this. Now I'm like, I got to go back and get that one. Because I'm a completist, and and I, you know, the thing about it is, as a kid, uh, my brother loved Highlander too, because uh, he liked the the flying guys at the beginning, mm-hmm. and so he always uh, really quick. They had to go back and redesign them. You know why? No, because there was a little movie that came out in the theaters right as they were about to shoot, and they looked damn close to a hoverboard from Back to the oh, Future shoot. Part Two. Oh yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. Had to do it and do it quick. Uh, but my brother loved that part, so that's actually one of the reasons. And and you know, I may have seen Highlander two before I saw Highlander one. 
I did uh, because of that. It didn't make but, any sense, but I did. Yeah. My uh, but there's scenes in it that me as a kid thought was cool. Uh, the, the 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 two scenes in Highlander two, and they're not redeeming scenes. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. Um, uh, Sean Connery's monologue, as he for no reason whatsoever is ever explained, as he's able to drive the fan back up. Yeah. When he does say, "If you take all the magic in your life and you concentrate." Makes no sense. I loved that scene as a kid, though, because I was like, oh, that's deep. It's not. But, you know, nine, ten-year-old me was like, oh. Uh, the other one is the shooting scene when they're breaking into the facility and they're competing over who gets shot the most. I don't remember. It's a piece of shit. I would recommend that you never watch it. If you're a Highlander fan, you've probably already seen it and went, what the fuck is this? Never watch it again. It's bad. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. it's bad. So here's what here's my one. Re- so uh, I've got another one in a few minutes that I also think's bad, but I don't know if this is this bad. This is one of the things that I think is is crazy about the Highlander trilogy, and I'm not I'm I'm calling it the trilogy because that other one, screw that. I'm not talking about that one. But you, we can at least agree that the villains in all three were really amazing, even though the movies are a piece of shit. Because no. Clancy Brown in the first. Actually, Michael Ironside, Michael Ironside and, Mario Van, and Mario Van Peebles in the third one. I've never seen the third one. I will actually include Endgame. Thank you. Nope. That being said, is it worse here, than Highlander Awakening or whatever it's called? Here is the problem with the Highlander franchise. And I say this is some Nobody way that owns them. Um, the first one's done. That is a one and done movie. At the end of the first movie, he gains ultimate cosmic power. Movie's over. And that's that was my problem with Highlander too. As soon as I saw Highlander, what I'm like, wait a second. Even as a kid, I'm like, at the end of the first movie, he has ultimate phenomenal cosmic power. Like it actually shows him being able to. And, and I think that's the other thing is um, the fact that we got a renegade cut of two, and then we got another cut of part two, and this happened with part three, and it happened with Endgame. If you watch the trailers for any one after the first one. There are so many scenes that appear in the trailers, especially Endgame. Endgame has an entire trailer where, because of part three, Connor McCloud killed Mario Van Peebles, the Highlander, and got his power. He had killed the wizard. Christopher Lambert's Highlander, Connor, was supposed to have the power of the wizard. Yeah. There's a scene in the trailer where he's summoning magic that is never in the movie, never in the actual Endgame movie. So that's the problem. There is no continuity. And none of it makes sense if you actually nobody, watch the first one. Nobody who makes Highlander films gives a shit, I don't think. Or at least no producer no. who does it. They're always bad. Wouldn't you say that the show is superior to the movies? And unless you're talking about the first I movie. I honestly could never get into the show. I well, I don't either. I don't either. But no, I know no. As, as, far as, as far as actually being a coherent. Adrian, it was nice to me, so fuck you, people. As far as being a coherent plot line, yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, I, I, the other thing that I will say about um, uh, it, the, the entire, I think the first Highlander movie is fantasy. I would argue the third movie had some fantasy in it. Yeah. I don't know what part two was going for. Science fiction. I, but I, why? I have no idea. It's a piece of shit. <laughs> I, it's every bad decision. Yeah. Done yeah. for money. They needed a sequel. They spent a ton of money on it, by the way. It's a very expensive film. Yeah. And that's our first two movies. That's kind of what they are. Is is they were the the original movies ended. Oh, that was the end of it. My second one, gonna go. It keeps that 
all, all, all of my picks are the same way. The move, the, the first movie ended the series. It was like, that's it. It's a one and done. But because they were so profitable, the studio said, fuck all that. We got to make another one. <laughs> so anyway, I think that, I think that explains my first one that I would do then. All right. So what to go, James? Sorry. I took well, Homelander, buddy. No, no, that's fine. Because this is oh, actually the one two thirds of my talking. So. This is the one that, well, it's because it was on my list and I, I did research. If I did research, I'm using it. That's the one um, I had the most notes about. I, the, the one that I have the most notes about because I love, it's one of probably just, if I catch it on TV, I stop. Uh, I love this movie. And punch, um, Liz, I'm going to jump through the screen and punch you. <laughs> oh, no, I love, the, I love the first one. I do not love the sequel. That's why I'm talking about it. Because the first one is a great film. Remember, a lot of people are listening. Don't I know. Forget. And if they're listening, they should know that we're here to be entertainers. Would you try and get stung? The Sting 2. Electro How did Boogaloo. I know? The Sting is um, it's on a, a great movie. Uh, the Sting 2 is a uh, cinematic abortion. Yeah, The Sting is one of my favorite movies of all time, and The Sting 2 is piece of shit. But do you know? I've only seen scenes. Oh, I I used to, actually, I think I still have the VHS of uh, Sting 2. There was a movie rental place going out of business about 12 years ago, and I was like, well, I've got to buy it out of principle. But the way The Sting 2 got made, I don't know if you all know this. I don't know if any of y'all were going to talk about The Sting 2. Um, The Sting 2 was a cash-in. Uh, that came 10 years after the first one, but it wasn't supposed to. They had Jackie Gleason committed to it in 1976, which would have been three years after the first one. Uh Um, So the Sting 2 is uh, the first Sting, the the (laughs) far superior Sting. I I wanted to say it was directed by George Roy Hill, who also directed Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, Slaughterhouse-Five, Slapshot. Uh, Sting 2 was directed by Jeremy Kagan. Jeremy Kagan directed a film that we talked about not too long ago. Remember when we were talking about um, private detective films and I talked about the one that starred Richard Dreyfuss as the old uh, hippie? Denny Kravitz. Denny Kravitz or Denny, whatever. The education of, I'm thinking of another Richard Dreyfuss one. Duddy. Yeah. Duddy Kravitz. Why couldn't I think of Duddy? I don't know. Denny Crane. Denny Cray. Um, anyway, he directed uh, that little film, uh, the, uh, the the Fix. It's a Richard Dreyfuss movie I talked about when we talked about Private Detective. Oh, um, yeah, it's great. Go, go, go. He, uh, uh, so, the, but the original one, if you've never seen it, you should. Sorry, Paul Newman uh, and Robert Redford. Uh, James Earl Jones' dad is in that, by the way. Uh, Robert Earl Jones. Um, uh, Charles Durning, Ray Walston, and Robert Shaw. The sequel stars none of them. Matter of fact, the sequel isn't even technically starring the same people. I mean, even the same characters. Um, it's not even supposed to be the same characters, even though they some of them have the same names, but not really. James, real quick, why did those two why why cast Jackie Gleason and a ex football star? Um, so. Jackie Gleason was a re- one originally cast, and I was going to get Not to this. football star. He was in North Dallas 40. You know who I'm talking about. 
Mac, uh, Mac Davis, Mac Davis. Um, who has some great songs I used to use as ringtones. Lord, it's hard to be humble. Um, but Mac Davis wasn't the original one cast. In 1977, it was ready to go before the camera. And it wasn't going to be a two-person film. It was going to be a three-person film. It was going to be Jackie Gleason, Richard Pryor, and Lily Tomlin. Huh. I'd like to see that. Yeah. I, most people would have. Um, what happened with that? Uh, for those that don't know their history, uh, Richard Pryor and Lily Tomlin had a little bit of a falling out at a benefit gala. Um, they don't know if that's actually what caused them to drop out. Uh, some people say they read the script that was at, that was circulating at the time. Whatever reason, they dropped out. That would have been 1978. This movie came out um, in 1983. So that's how Mac Davis got cast. They lost Richard Pryor, and somebody thought, well, we lost Richard Pryor, but I'll tell you who we can get, Mac Davis. Um, so in the original, Jackie Gleason, uh, I'm sorry, in the original, um, Paul Newman is Harry Gondorf, and uh, Robert Redford is Johnny Hooker. In the sequel, without ever explaining why, Jackie Gleason is Fargo Gondorf, and Mac Davis is Jake Hooker. But they're still the ones that Lonigan is after because of the crimes of the people that share names very close to them. Makes no sense, doesn't hold up, never explained. It's not about running cards or horses or any of that. It's about boxing. Mac Davis, um, as uh, Hooker, is supposed to fake bo being a boxer, and it turns out he has a hard time faking it. It's not as cool as the first one. There's not that sense of play. And if you're wondering uh, what impact this had, they were so certain that this one would also take off that they had started writing a prequel. And, oh, Jackie Gleason got cast because of The Hustler. Oh, okay. Because they, they thought, oh, well, if we can't get Paul Newman, let's get that other guy that worked with him. Um, the, there was going to be, this was going to be followed originally by a prequel, which was going to be the training of... Um, Are you going anywhere? <laughs> this movie felt so bad it killed the prequel. But I wanted to say um, the director, Jeremy Kagan, in an interview, still holds up that this is the superior film. And this is what he said in an interview. And I want you to listen to the interview and what he says, because I read the interview as he said it. I wrote it down verbatim from the interview where he said it. And I still don't think it makes sense as a statement. Here it is. Was he a drunk? The Sting 2 is inspired Dang. by and is an expansion of the first Sting, rather than a continuation. The principal characters of Fargo Gondorf and Jake Hooker, uh, Hooper, are, are, Hooker are based on two real-life con men and are totally different from the original. The Sting 2 has more comedy, and the nature of the con is more intriguing. Now the con men themselves are being conned. I've watched the movie, folks. I don't know what movie he thought he made. <laughs> I, it, it literally is almost a play-for-play, play, take out the horse racing opponent, take out the car, all that stuff, and just put in boxing. And it's oh, it's a it is literally the community theater. If you only and this is not insulting, I think the people who were casting had talent. Terry Yars in it. There's talent, but it was wasted on 
let's do it's it's almost a poor man shot for shot remake of the sting there's no surprises there's nothing else but again i i do sit back and think would it have at least been more interesting if it would have been lily tomlin richard pryor oh absolutely and so that but if you if you're a fan of the sting and if you've never seen the sting watch the sting uh it's a fun movie this movie is not fun it's All right, hard James, to slug through Chad. Do we need to pause it? Nope. Zoro on? <laughs> nope. Move it along. All right. So. <clears throat> Long pause, Chad. I know. I'm trying to. Good Lord, Joe. Calm the hell down. <laughs> oh, um, no, no, no. Listen, it's all about Joe. Joe, you want to feel the airtime for us, buddy? Wizard of Oz has had many sequels. Okay. Uh, I'm not talking about Return to Oz. That is an amazing film. I am talking about Legend of Oz, Dorothy's Return. Is that the animated one that, that came out a couple of years that ago? That is the computer animated movie that came out in May 2014. Budgeted. With a swindle, right? Yeah. Budgeted at $70 million, grossed $8 million U.S., $18 million worldwide. Okay. Great cast. Listen to this cast. So... Dorothy was gassed by Leah Michelle from Glee. Never okay. seen the show. Can't tell you how good she is. But other than this movie, which is a big pile of dog turds. Dan Aykroyd as the Scarecrow. Kelsey Grammer as the Tin Man. Jim Belushi as the Cowardly Lion. And then Patrick Stewart, Oliver Platt, Martin Short as the villain, the Jester, yeah. the, the brother of the Wicked Witch. Hmm who was cursed by having to wear a jester's outfit for all the eternity by the Wicked Witch. Yeah. I happened to James once. Hugh Dancy. Yeah. Do you remember that name? Well, Hugh Dancy is that one guy from that one show I like where he has a gay serial killer lover. Yes. <laughs> Some people call it Hannibal. Hannibal. <clears throat> and then Bernadette Peters. Well, she's a natural treasure. She, natural treasure. she played Glinda. So the movie is loosely based on 1989's Dorothy of Oz, which was written by L. Frank Baum's great-grandson, Roger Stanton Baum. Okay. That sounds like something I get from my lips. I had an infection on my Stanton once, and it took some Baum for it. So the movie was released solely for the purpose of globbing on to the success of Oz the Great and Powerful. The movie, if you, which was not a huge success, it wasn't a huge success, but they thought they could get some money off of that. Okay, that's how bad of an idea this movie was. Um, it one thing that's noticeable about this, and I thought it was crowdfunded, it turned out it wasn't. But the ending of the movie, the credits, yes, there are at least five, five screens of producer credits, three columns long from the top of the screen to the bottom. Okay. That many people produced this movie. I couldn't figure out. I, I did. I tried to do all kinds of research to figure out why there were so many damn producers on this movie. Yes. But there is no explanation. So um, how do you know it was a ripoff? You, you, you forgot who did the music, by the way. Who? Canada's greatest national treasure next to, of course, the great musician William Shatner. Brian. So did the music? Brian. <laughs> Adams. I've never had one. You tell I like me they're the good. Well, they're not really, but I like Timbits. <laughs> the small ones. Yeah. If you get the sourdough cake ones, 
they're they're okay. That sounds amazing. It's really just me. Oh, oh my God! There's a Tim Hortons. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so in this movie, like if they only had a Duncan in Canada, I'd probably be excited about that too. So the reason why this is a direct sequel yes. is the movie picks up where the last one left off. Dorothy wakes up after the tornado is hit. All the land is, is uh, their, the farm is destroyed, and in comes this man who is saying that nobody can live in these the, the, the houses anymore. They're condemned. They have to give him the pro- the deeds to the property. They're now government property. Yeah, basically the insurance scammer. Right, and Dorothy refuses. So the the time. So the explanation for this is that the time time in Oz moves insanely faster than the time in, on Earth. So Dorothy has just woke up from being in Oz. Yeah. And according, and in Oz, years have passed. So Dorothy, gone are the ruby slippers. They're replaced by, by cowboy boots that have served no purpose. Um, she is picked, she is transported back to Oz on a rainbow rider that the scarecrow invented because there is trouble in Oz that nobody is explaining until all of a sudden there's jesters here trying to take over. Um, so the, the Tin Man and the Scarecrow and the Cowardly Lion don't really play a huge part in this. They are replaced by Wiser the Owl, who is a huge fat owl that cannot fly. His feathers form a plaid vest. You've seen this more than once. I have seen it numerous times because my kids love it, which is the only I watched it. I watch it with Amelia. And to be honest, it's still not the worst thing my daughter's ever watched. Oh, man, this is, it's so terrible. Uh, so uh, the 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 dainty china doll princess is uh, is also and also Marshall Mallow, a a soldier made completely of marshmallow who falls mm. in love with the china doll, and has to put her together after she breaks with parts of his own body. It's a very moving scene. Is David Bowie's song? It's, no, because <laughs> he did a song called China Girl. Hugh Dancy actually does the sing does Marshall Mallow and he uh. sings the song. It's terrible. Um, I'm still waiting to figure out how everybody got ripped off. They travel to such exotic locations as Candy Country and Dainty. Ch- uh, sorry, how's, Candy County. How's country spelled? <laughs> it is actually spelled with the C. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it is. Dana, Dainty China Country. So the movie's just terrible. Patrick Stewart plays a tree who they carve out to make him into a boat. But because he's going to die anyway, Chad. I mean, he's going to die anyway. I mean, he's going. I mean, he's made questionable decisions. He is in the Emoji movie. Yes, as a turd. Yep, I forget, that's what I hear. I, I forget who turned that down. It was actually a big name actor who turned it down because he didn't want to be a turd. He thought the turd would end his career. I got. I got. Anyway, but no. Patrick Stewart's still working. Get that new show, Pickard. Hot <laughs> cards. I seriously had about five seconds where I had no idea what the hell you were talking about. But yeah, it's about a man in his car. <laughs> So there you go. I, yeah, that damn cat. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, but I'll lose a big spider. Keep Legend, talking. I'll be back. Joseph. So Legend of Oz. It's just one. I can't believe you actually do not believe it's that terrible. It 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 it, it has like zero. It has it has, does not have a positive. Reaction. Have you have you ever seen Masha and the Bear? Yes, I know that's equally terrible, but that has that is not a. No, scene. that's worse, Chad. That's worse. I know because there's because no Masha, there's no it, bear. It's it's a, it's a, it's a show about a kid who can't tell a story straight and is just making crap up. At least at least Return to Oz 
tries to follow some it's not a great there is story. no narrative to that movie at all it's just you just the, told me about country yeah and in I'm country back, is a grasshopper in country is a really good uh, I thought it was a spider but it had big ass long back legs so i'm assuming it's either some sort of hybrid or it was just a grasshopper right. they got in the house oh god what's what's the guillermo del toro movie about the giant cockroaches oh uh mimic. mimic is it the start of mimic it's the start of mimic okay. i just killed christy no so yeah i'm just <laughs> uh, i'm now gonna have to single dad my mimic boy <laughs> um i i james i can't believe it with all them spoons james is no no it's not a good movie i'm not, not saying it's a good movie i'm saying at the buffet of loathsomeness my children have watched made me watch it's not the worst. Now, that doesn't mean it's good. You, you still well? shouldn't watch it. What now? I'm just wondering what's on the buffet. Your mom. It is one pun joke after another. They end up in court in, in candy country because they eat all the candy, and there's specific rules that say do not eat the candy, but the gesture tricks them into eating it. And they have to go against what? Judge Jawbreaker, the hanging judge. Which makes sense. Oh, it doesn't make sense. And she has jailbreakers don't hang people. And she has to go. Uh, it is a jury of her peeps. It is a bunch of peep marshmallows going beep 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 beep. beep. That's awesome. We're gonna watch this. I'll bring, it, I'll bring it over and make you watch it. Let's do a ball. Um, it was on Netflix for a while. Uh, but do you know the story about the funding? Do you want me to say that real yeah, quick? Somebody tell me that's the only thing it. I care about. The I, budget. I, that's all I wanted to talk about. And I couldn't find it. Okay, well, it's because they they there has been lawsuits and and until they're resolved, I guess they they're not they can't say too much. But here you go. Here's what is out there: the budget for Legends of Oz: Dorothy's Return was seventy million, and Summertime Entertainment secured the financing through various means of unethical but gray area legal fundraising. And Ryan and Roland Carroll, who ran Summertime, actually made a profit on one of the biggest flops of 2014. The two brothers, see, the producers is right. You can make money off of one. Yeah. The two brothers fundraised the budget, promising massive returns to individual donors, and they projected that this miserable movie would have gross revenues between $720 million to $2.4 billion. By the way, if you believe them, you are a sucker. Yeah. Um, Obviously, a lot of people did. Yeah. SEC filings show that there were 1,014 individual investors who bought that snake oil pitch from the Carrolls, and then many of these people posted rants that the studio conspired together to destroy the movie. It took a thousand idiots to fund one lousy movie, and then the Carrolls pocketed 15 million off of this deal uh, of that money as their fee for being. The coordinators of the Producers, film. Yeah. Um, in 2013, Hyde Park International took on worldwide sales duties. Uh, the distributor, uh, new distributor was Clarius Entertainment, which had a terrible 2014, picked up domestic distribution from the questionable summertime, and Legends of Oz, Dorothy's Return would be their first film out of the gate. So basically, they made the film, they sold the film to these other distributors, and then they walked away with the money. But technically did nothing illegal, just unethical. So there speaking you go. Of which, speaking of which, uh, this is a great time to bring this up. We're going to uh, be doing a bonehead movie, and for your love gift of $15,000 each, we'll guarantee you. <laughs> that's right. Nothing but. 
So just uh, write us a check. I heard you. All right, Joe, what's your next one, man? I don't know if I want to piss off everybody or piss off some people. Piss off everybody. Let's do it. The Lost World Jurassic Park. Oh, oh, nobody's going to argue that point. I, it's god awful. Yeah, it makes no. Yeah, no. It's and I know Chad. I know James says Jurassic Park three is worse. I disagree. No, I just you think Jurassic Park three is worse, dude? Dude, Jur- both of them suck. I enjoy the, Jurassic the, Park three. I don't enjoy really, it, but it's not as really. Real, look, I'm gonna blow into this bone. <laughs> Did he just blow my bone? It sounded like it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get a little tickle? Not really. <laughs> oh, James, you my suck. bone is dead inside. <laughs> I've, I've heard that. Uh, I've, I've read. I've read your wife's blog. So it's actually Spielberg's first. No, I guess other than Indiana Jones, it was his. It was. His, it's the only other sequel. Sequel he's done, yeah. The Lost World is a terrible piece of shit. Really couldn't follow up Schindler's List. No, it was kind of hard. They were going to do a sequel, but they couldn't find that little girl with the red coat. Why did you set me up for that? You You could do a sequel, but arguably it would be, it would, I mean, the first one is extremely a a depressing film. The second one, I mean, Schindler never recovers. He dies penniless. He's only kept alive by the charity of other people. So, I mean, if you wanted to do a bleak, bleak film, they did do a follow-up to Lawrence of Arabia, so why not? But, back to the Lost World. I am not, uh, you guys like to give plots. I'm not big on it. Here's the plot. You give plots all the time. No, not, not, not detailed usually. Sometimes, but not usually. They are dinosaurs. Yeah, They're on an island. These dumbasses go back to the island where the dinosaurs wreaked havoc already when they got off the island. Uh-huh. And then the third act is King Kong. Yeah. Right? With a T-Rex instead. With a T-Rex. Yeah. There you go. Now, the screenwriter of this is David Kep. K-O-E-P-P. Had to look it up to make sure it was pronounced correctly. But now, David, just real quick. Who has wrote a lot, has written a lot of Spielberg films. That, that screenplay was finished before they started shooting, though, right? I doubt it. I don't know. Because they wrote part three as they went. It's not and good. It shows. And Spielberg, this is one of those films where he let Second Unit do quite a bit. Yeah. David Kep actually shot quite a bit of this movie. Oh, really? I didn't know that. A lot of it. He would say that he would, Spielberg was somewhere in, I, I don't know, I don't remember the complete story I'm going to give you. Let's say he was in Europe and they would basically use the what form of Skype was and Spielberg would already have a couple of drinks and criticize his work at night. <laughs> David Kep, talented filmmaker, made a movie that I kind of like. Uh, called Secret Window. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. He directed that. Okay. He directed. He's directed. Actually, he directed the the invention of lying. No, or the other one with that guy in it. Doesn't Richard matter. Gervais. Yeah, Gervais. There you go. What in the hell are Ghost you? Ghost Town. At? This is. A, I yeah, love the cover. Ghost of this Town. Isn't that a cool cover. Yeah, that's cool. Is that? A, it's a it's a Rackenbach fall. If you look closely, you see Holmes and Moriarty falling. It's, it's Moriarty. Like a guy in a sheet. I don't know what you're reading. Anyway. Moving around along, Lost World sucks. I don't understand, and I've gotten more arguments of big Spielberg fans on this, not so much lately because I don't ever bring it up and no one else brings it up because it's a piece of shit film now after all these years. When was the last time you had somebody defending it? But I can remember when it came out defending it. No, it sucks. It's awful. It's It's Spielberg's worst film. It is not 1941. It is that piece of shit. Mm-hmm. It's the only, it to me is a complete money cash grab. There's nothing added to it. 
Basically, the third act, like I said, is King Kong. They bring the T-Rex to town. T-Rex gets away and kills and eats some people. One of them being the uh, the poor bastard is David Kep. Yep. The screenwriter. I didn't know. Which is how he wanted to go. He died as he li- lived because of Steven Spielberg. So, just wanted to do, really quick, that movie sucks. Yeah. It is a direct sequel. It's awful. It's the worst of the Jurassic Park movies. I, can I devil's advocate here? And, and as, as somebody that saw Lost World in the theater and enjoyed it as a popcorn film, did we, did we ever really need a sequel to Jurassic Park? Period? No, no, never. And there's five of them. Five. They're probably going to be six. I will, think, I will give Jurassic World a little bit because I think that they do it correctly in the way they handle the first movie. Uh, they kind of skip those other two films as in the references to it. Yeah. The references to all oh, that shirt's vintage, just the way uh, how society right now, for example, Stranger Things, we've talked about this, it's just relive, reliving the 80s, and that would also be part of the early 90s. 90s yeah. And how we just, the I can't think of another term other than arrested development. Correct, guys? Well, it's, and it's, retro is the most awesome thing ever. I, I, he, yeah, he made another movie about it. It's called Ready Player One. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and oh, it, it's direct Jurassic World. It's the. Uh, I, I think it goes back to the reason so much of this nostalgia works is because for if you're a certain age, it's escapism, back to when you were younger, and if you're young, it's oh whatever cool retro, I, you can get away with it. Why are we popping our knuckles? I don't know. My hands hurt. All right, you're now. I don't. Look at this. Full movement. Oh, that one stopped. Hold on. <laughs> full movement. Look at that. There you go. You're, What's you're, your next one? You're next. Oh, me? Yeah, I got to go with the obvious one. I won't even, I, I won't, I won't spend a lot of time on the plot of this one. It involves voodoo. And it's another movie that didn't need to be made. Oh, really? Weekend at Bernie's 2. When I was researching, there were several movies that kept coming up. And that's one of them. And depending on what list you look at, I also find this interesting, depends on which police academy shows up on that. <laughs> because I looked at four different lists, and they all had different police academies. Was it, please tell me one of them was it part five. One of them was part four, and I didn't think that was that bad. Part two is pretty bad. Yeah, part, Citizens on Patrol is pretty bad. Mission to is, Mont- it, is it part two where, uh, where the scene is, um, who's the angry sergeant guy, the angry trainer guy? He's a great. He's a good actor. G.W. Bailey is the actor as the actor. Is he in part two? No, yeah, he's, he's in part four. Part four, yeah. In Who's it? Well, the, not. I don't know if he's a sergeant, but the other the other trainer. I the know trainer who you're talking about Howard Hesman. But anyway, it's it the the scene that I because I, I was looking at lists trying to get my mind going, and then I didn't need the list because I was like, what am I doing? I know the ones I hate. Uh, is where they they're facing off with the megaphones up next to each other. Yeah. Only, so, only thing that franchise gave us was uh, Bobcat. Two. Have you seen that? Yes. I haven't seen it yet. It's, oh. it's, it's, uh, it, it loses some of the je ne sais quoi of the first one. It so, didn't have none to catch. <laughs> so, Weekend at Bernie's 2. What's wrong pick? with it other than the voodoo? Well, again, I, I think it's I think with every movie I picked, The Sting and all that stuff, and, and, and even Highlander 2, you didn't need a sequel. You did it, boys. You did it, and 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 it breaks down. You did it. it breaks, boys, you did it. 
it breaks down the logic fusion <laughs> again you can do whatever you want in a movie you want to create a movie where unicorns shoot rainbows out of their eyes and sprinkle other but you can do it as long as you maintain that reality throughout Put it on this ice cream what you cannot do yeah. is do it uh it's all of a sudden change it and we can at bernie's too he's there's voodoo and if he hears music he leads you to treasure and and i was I was watching the gestalt of Weekend at Bernie's. You see, I think you're still looking for words. And then I, uh, I watched part two, and it broke the gestalt of the first. The first one was a weird movie that got made. The second one, it's it doesn't far, follow. far, far superior to Mannequin Two. Yes, or Splash Two. No, Mannequin Two is awful. Mannequin Two, Splash Two. The move. Did you like Weekend? Do you do you, do you have? We get at Bernie's too. Would you believe I've only seen segments of it? I've never seen the whole movie through all the way. Really? Through. No. As much as I like the first one, I've never seen the movie. I've seen it. The- I don't. It's terrible, but it's fun. Bad for me. We get at Bernie's too. It's no Lost World. No, it's not. I just don't understand why people like that. It really is Spielberg's worst movie. Yeah. I've never heard anybody talk fondly of it. Maybe it was the nineties. You know, I haven't. I haven't seen. I haven't seen Lost World in a long time. Is there kids in that one too? Yes. Don't they have to go back because there's kids on the island? Or something? Yes. Here's my entire thing. part of Lost World is what's that actor's name? He died of cancer. Fantastic actor. He's in uh, Alien Three. He's in Clash of the Titans, which is an awful movie. That may have been the last movie before he died. He played the, what's his face's dad. Um, oh, good. Uh, he's in the Usual Suspects. Always oh, fantastic character actor. Oh, what saying. is his name? Anyway. He is fantastic in that movie. Yes. There, that's one redeemable part. Him. But he's good in everything. Yeah, but that he, movie sucks. Yeah, no, but no we get, we get Bernie's too. Probably isn't good either. It's no. not. Eh. What like I said, I, it's fine if they wanted to do a movie where there's a guy that's possessed by voodoo and dead, and he's going to lead you to treasure. Do that movie. Just don't call it Weekend at Bernie. You want to do an long fishing too. Oh, you man. you want to do a a aliens that are immortal movie? That's fine. Just don't call it Highlander. Create a new world, make your little gestalt, you know, create your own gestalt and do it. Gone That's the problem. Too. Notice JJM ain't writing that one. <laughs> I, I want to point out, by the way, though, you mentioned Gone Fishing, a t- movie that totally holds up as a sequel that does maintain the gestalt of the first one. Grumpier old men. Agreed. Agreed. Totally. It keeps the vibe. It keeps it going. In ways, it's funnier. Yeah. Weekend at Bernie's 2 does not keep the same vibe, folks. That's why it made my list. That's all I've got. I'm not going to, like, I have nothing else. There's nothing all else. Right. All right. What's your third one? So, my last cho- uh, pick, uh, the movie, the sequel came out 28 years after the first one. Backdraft 2. There's a backdraft too. Came out this year. Did you oh, yeah. watch it? I watched most of it. Why? <laughs> it is terrible. Because when I found out this movie was coming out, and when we said we were going to do this, I looked this one up because I knew it came out, and it is critically panned. It is awful. So I wanted to bring it up. So because it's so new, and because for some reason. Somebody thought 28 years later, hey, I'll try to cash in on a movie that a lot of people don't remember. <laughs> but And it's a fairly decent. That was a big hit, but you're right. Nobody talks about Backdraft today. Yeah. 
nobody talks about Backdraft today, but they made people Backdraft talk too. about Willow more, and that was a bomb. And I can't tell you how much movie money money this made because there are no records. <laughs> well, it didn't come out in the theater. No, um, directed by Gonzalo Lopez Gallego. Sweet, sweet, and sweet Joe Gallego. My last pick is going to connect to your first pick. Yeah, this was written by Gregory Wyden, who wrote the original and also wrote the first three Highlander movies. <laughs> He wrote the first three. three. Yes. He wrote Backdraft. Yes. And he wrote Backdraft two. Two. Um, the movie did bring back William Baldwin and Donald Sutherland. No shit. Oh, well. Who's in it for all of five minutes, playing the same character that he played in the first one. This this arsenic. This arsenic. Arsenic and old lace character. Lace. Crazy arsenic. <laughs> he. Oh my is, god! I would watch Arson in Old Lace. His brief yeah. moment in screen time is the only time to watch this movie because he just chews the screen. And he's, it's obvious, you can tell it's so low budget because he's supposed to be in a hospital, yet he's the only one wearing a hospital gown. And it looks like it's a subway station. Um, then, I would rather if you just said a subway. Like there's a guy making sandwiches in the back. Did you say sandwiches? sandwiches? I did say sandwiches. So uh, the movie. A sandwich. <laughs> The movie is uh, the focus. The main character is Kurt Russell's sons. Uh, he is a uh, and he is an arson investigator. He is a uh, in-your-face, break-the-rules stereotype, just like James. Um, and what it is. And so, one thing about this movie is they clearly didn't know what they were doing, and they tried to put as many subplots in as possible. And one of the subplots is because he is such a rule breaker, they partner him, they force the, the, him to partner up with somebody. And there is also a, a another arson investigator who he's constantly sparring with for no reason whatsoever. And this would have killed you if you, you're never going to watch it. But there's one scene where he, him and this guy are going back and forth with one another. And you know, in some, some movies, they do that constant pan when it's an altercation. Mm -hmm. It's constantly circling around. The the they constant they what they do is they do the pan halfway through and then the, the director couldn't quite get the full three sixty so then it cuts to the other side and he goes it this way and then he cuts again and it's it's from the back and then he cuts again it's he does it in quarters and then eventually all this moving and then all of a sudden he just stops you full tilt right uh, in a mid shot and it almost makes me barf because your 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 eyes are trying to focus where this is going but there are so many subplots and there's also um, so the, the main story is he's investigating a, a, a fire where five kids are killed after a backdraft uh, when they go trick-or-treating. Um, and then also there's a, subplot there's a subplot for some reason about uh, illegal missiles being smuggled through the town of Chicago. There, the movie makes no sense. The acting's terrible. The budget is so low. You can tell that when he's standing in front of a fire, it's obviously a green screen. And whenever they're actually shooting on scene, you can tell there's just a smoke machine off to the right that's that's clouding the scene, and they're doing it so much that you actually can't see what's going on. Everything. By the way, I, I, as you were talking about this, I was like, I've got to look at that director because how did he get this job? Do you know anything about the director? He directed – the only other movie I know, he directed a few shorts, but he also directed Apollo 18 which I've never heard of or heard, seen or heard of until today when I was doing research on him. Okay. Oh, well, Apollo 18? Yes. Isn't that the horror film? I believe it is a horror film. I, I watched know. that one. That's the found footage one. Oh, I, I don't know. I, right? 
I don't know anything about it. The Backdraft is, is from what I saw on his list, the lowest scoring movie that he's directed as far yeah. as on IMDb. But he also did The Hollow Point with Jason Patrick. But I'm actually, have y'all ever seen Open Grave with Charlito no. Copley? He directed it, and I, I never heard of it. Here's a description of it, Chad. I, you may have made me find this movie now. A man wakes up in the wilderness in a pit full of dead bodies with no memory and must determine if the murderer is one of the strangers he rescued him or he himself. <laughs> and it, this main star is Char, uh, Char, Char, what is it? Cop Charlotte Copeland. It's Guy from that one movie directed by that dude. District yeah. 9. I love District 9. Me too. District 9 or also the best part of the A-Team film. Also Hardcore Henry. Oh, Hardcore Henry. I do like Hardcore Henry. It <laughs> makes no sense, but no, boy, it's, but it's fun entertaining to watch. Is that the first person one? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I got sick in the theater watching that. <laughs> oh, I loved it. That's I why I watched it. it on a small screen. Somebody, somebody was watching it. Oh, yeah. Turkeys. It must have been James. James yeah. Then we yeah, it was a friend, uh, but a friend of mine was watching it. She waited until it came out on DVD. And she posted, I'm getting ready to watch it. I'm like, I loved it. I'll just assume you're going to hate it. She she sent back a message like, well, I didn't exactly hate it, but I have several questions about why you liked it. I'm like, because it's a video game on the, on the screen. Yep, that's it. it. It gave me what Gamer didn't, and I enjoyed Gamer, but Gamer didn't give me the same thing that gave me. Who's up? Are you done? No, you're done. You're good. I'm done. I'm, you're done? I'm, I'm done. done. We're done? No, you're good. Go well, ahead. I'm having a hard time as far as what I want to do, because I want to do... Either the Chronicles of Riddick or the Exorcist Two. Ooh. Oh man, those are both. You know, good choices. I've never seen the Exorcist Two though. I've got a bunch. Ooh. I uh, you know what? what? Think of the Chronicles of Riddick. It's awful. It is we'll terrible. All right, we saw that in the theater. Here's together. what pisses me off about the Chronicles of Riddick: is that I really enjoy Pitch Black. Yes. Oh, yeah. David Tui is a talented filmmaker because yeah. he made Pitch Black and he wrote it. It was before Vin Diesel blew up because he got really fast and mad or angry or something. I forgot the other word. Driving they, that car. Drove angry. And they found him guilty. And they found him guilty, right? <laughs> and he drove angry. Wait, That's no, perfect. somebody else drove angry. Uh, once again, a lost classic that no one ever remembers is finding effing guilty. Yes. Sidney Lumet, check it out. Wonderful, wonderful. I don't. I With can't Vin believe that damn movie. Neither do I. I what do you say? Why. With Vin Diesel. I mean, if you're wondering why we're talking about Find Me Guilt, it's Vin Diesel, and it Vin may be Diesel his can't best. Be a talented actor when he's not just playing that $20 million a picture asshole. So, once again, he loves. Which is my dream. <laughs> he loves Riddick. He loves the character of Riddick. Yeah. He obviously gets, a role, gets along with David Duke. He announced on his Instagram the other day he held the script for the new Riddick movie. There's going to be a fourth one. Yeah. Because they made Riddick, they, which didn't suck. Mission, which was, is kind of like a rehash of Pitch Black. It's a quite a lot like Pitch Black, but it's much more in the vein of what they should have been doing. Yes. So they what, was the, what was the animated film that they did that people loved? Fans loved the animated Fury film they something. did. Dark Fury, something Dark like that. Fury. Anyway, but if, if you've never seen it, see it. It's, it's worth okay. seeing. Okay. So they made a small little movie. It's a creature feature to me yes. with a really mm -hmm. kick ass. Uh, uh, anti-hero right okay that has a great or a good b story with some and a good, good acting. Ensemble. well a rodham rhoda mitchell or whatever her name yeah. is, is a good actress mm -hmm. carries the rest of the movie in my opinion what yes. do you think yes okay all that's fantastic then they decide we're going to do a sequel pitch uh pitch black ben <laughs> diesel's huge now we're going to make a hundred and blah, 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 million dollar movie 
and we're going to get all these great actors. Judy Damn Dench is in yeah. it. Carl, national Carl treasure Fior is Urban. another fantastic actor. Yeah. Carl Urban's in it. He's also in a fantastic actor. It is the worst piece of shit. Makes no sense. Makes more sense than Highlander 2. What'd you say? <laughs> makes more sense than Highlander 2. It does make slight more sense than <laughs> Highlander 2. But it's a perfect case of taking something small and beautiful and doing the sequel to it. One of the only people who've actually done this correctly to me is James Cameron between Terminator and Terminator 2. Yeah. Because it's a small little movie, then they made the sequel, which is a huge movie. And they still made them both entertaining. Very few times does that work, in my opinion. Right. Because that's what makes Pitch Black cool, is that it's a small little movie. It made the well, it's also, it's, a, it's an ensemble movie, too, it's though. It's an ensemble movie. It made it, the Chronicles it, of Riddick. Makes no sense. He is some sort of, what's it called? Uh, Furian. Furian. And he there's this the necromongers the necromongers yeah. and they could going around taking people's planets can, and whatnot and can i they can i give what the, they take yeah can i give the can i ruin it for people watch conan the destroyer it's this is another movie. bad sequel yes it's a it's a, but it's the same thing he spoiler that's he ends up king at the end right i mean more or less king yeah. Conan. yeah king conan that's what, but i mean the same thing happens in it, uh Riddick. Chronicles of Riddick. So much so that when they finally did the Riddick, the what I call the appropriate sequel, which yeah. I enjoyed quite a bit, once again, they have to come up with this bullshit thing at the front of it to explain the last damn horrible movie. Yep. Right? Carl Urban, like, I think, has got a cameo. Yeah. Comes yes. back for it. Makes no sense. Skip it. They only made one sequel to that. Turns out it's the third one. Hopefully the fourth one won't suck, but the Chronicles of Riddick. Now, I could go over The Exorcist 2 really quick had a great director, John, um, why the hell couldn't I think of John Borman's name? John Borman, who made another wonderful movie. You guys ever see it with Sean Connery? Yeah, they're, they're fitting out guns and shooting one another out of statues. It's called Zardoz. Check Zardoz, it out. baby. Hey, check it out with the kids. I've actually never seen Zardoz. Put, take, hey, hey. I know the famous picture. Of hey, the, hey, uh, Charles. Uh, How young are they? Three and five. Three and five. Yeah, just put on Zardoz for them. Let Leave them the room. Them. Don't worry about it. The room. They'll figure it out. I've got it on the Devida. Uh, it's awful. It's, 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 you should watch it because it, I, you don't even know. How did it even get a budget? But we're not here to talk about original films. Yeah. We're here to talk Zardoz. about Zardoz. Zardoz is a national treasure. God awful movie with a ton of gray eyes. Hell, it got Richard Burton in that movie. Oh, does it? Oh, yeah. Ned Beatty? No sense. Cuts to shots of grasshoppers a lot throughout the movie. Watch it, dude. Have either one of you ever seen The Exorcist 2? No. Honestly, I, I remember uh, I was I watching too, but I, it was it was uh, they, they were doing a marathon of Exorcist films um, before the Exorcist prequel came out, the one that made it to theaters. And I was going to go to the Dollar which actually Theater. Is the, which it really is Exorcist 2. That's based on the book that was written by William Peter Blatty, which was the sequel, which is called Legion. But they made him call it Exorcist 3 because they already had Exorcist 2. And William Peter Blatty made the movie by the way. The movie's pretty good. But it's got a great uh, performance from Brad Dirt. What? No, I'm talking about the prequel, the, the prequel that they made twice with uh, Starsguard. Oh, that's a piece of shit. Either no, but I was a piece of shit. Both of yeah. them suck. Yeah, remember Harlan's is slightly more entertaining. Yep, I agree. Anyway, I was going to catch that one at the Dollar Theater. Yeah, and uh, really and it just so happened that AMC or one of those channels was doing a marathon, and this is true. 
when they were doing the marathon, they skipped the second one. It went one to three and didn't even acknowledge two. Oh, man. It's not it, – so, it's so nonsensical. Anyway, what's yours? I wanted to do one. I wanted to go a little old school, and, and a lot of people are going to say I don't even know the first one, but I wanted to bring this up because um, this this weekend, when we're filming this, by the time it comes out, it'll be a while, but there is a certain movie that uh, stars a uh, a certain Stallone fellow um, coming out, and, and uh, to be honest, I've got a free movie ticket. I'm probably going to go see it tomorrow. That being said, I want to talk about a movie that indirectly connects to Stallone, but it's a sequel to a film that was a hit that Joe, I know, loves. Um, it's it's the, the follow-up to... Are these people trying to stay alive? The, no, no, not quite. The, I, I thought that's where you were going with that. Close. I, I came... I, that one was in my head. I, I avoided it. Because I wanted to talk about one that when I did finally see the sequel, which is an old movie itself now, I honestly went, the hell? The follow-up to the classic film, The Poseidon Adventure, I refer to, of course... The Poseidon Adventure 2. Beyond The Poseidon Adventure. Yeah. Um, I didn't know there was a sequel to The Poseidon Adventure. Oh, my. No, it's got a hell of a cast. Tell oh, let me tell him about the cast. This cast would include Michael Caine. Yeah, he's the lead. Sally Fields. Yeah. Kelly Savalas. Peter Boyle. The great American icon, Slim Pickens. Um, Mark Harmon. I'm waiting to hear an impressive actor. Mark Harmon. And oh, oh, oh this one will get you, Chad. Uh, the great, great actress, Angela Cartwright. I don't, who? She's an Angela alien. Cartwright. She was in Lost in Space, which is how did she get this role? She was in Lost in she, Space. She was in Lost in Space. I'm thinking of Veronica Cartwright. I am so as, sorry. As, as Penny. Uh, one of the, the daughter, uh, and uh, this film was directed by Irwin Allen. Irwin Allen did not direct the first one. Irwin Allen, though, is known for his <laughs> huge casts, it Towering Inferno, all this stuff. Arguably, this, The Swarm, and one other movie he was involved in killed the, for a while, the huge disaster picture. Uh, it gets so killed in the 90s. Here's the thing. I haven't seen it since I was a kid, James. So you, ha- you just saw it recently? Yeah. <laughs> You've never yeah, seen that? As a no. kid, I watched it and kind of liked it. Well, it, I mean, and that's the thing. If you like action, this is your movie. It's It takes the first movie and goes, you know what, this movie did have enough of. Matter of fact, here's a quote. Angela Cartwright, who until this point was probably best known to most people as Penny from Austin Space, actually has a comment where she says, um, this, uh, this, I filmed the movie before I realized it only had three things going for it fire, water, and stunts. There's a scene where there's these automatic gun turrets that shoot up part of the boat. Doesn't really make sense, but it's cool looking. Well, t- the quick brief thing of the plot, do you want me to do it or do you want to well, do it? I want to talk about why they made it. So, originally, if you watch the Poseidon Adventure, it seems like that pretty much wraps it up at the end of it, doesn't it? <laughs> well, the Poseidon Adventure, the movie ends, and the way it was scripted was you were supposed to leave and the boat sinking. When they were filming the movie, they couldn't get the boat to sink. In the first movie, I forget who directed it. Um, doesn't matter. But anyway, Irwin Allen said, aha, it doesn't sink. And so he went and said, 
we'll make a movie about these treasure hunters, these adventurers. He called them adventurers. These adventurers who are going to loot what's on the boat. Mm-hmm. And that's basically the plot of part two. Michael Caine is a, is basically, they are, what, ghost ship. You know, yeah, the guys no, ghost you know ship. I was getting ready to say, so it sounds like ghost ship. It's a ghost ship. And they're getting on the Poseidon before someone, the rescue team gets there or something. Yeah. Well, do you know who, who originally, uh, <laughs> was going to was considering doing the film until he read the script would have been in the michael kane row john wayne john wayne pat said i'd love to do this i'd love to do a big ensemble movie he read the script and he goes i'm gonna pass it then went to clint eastwood and you gotta remember this came out in the 70s so eastwood was getting big but not huge eastwood wouldn't know uh and it passed on to a couple other people and then finally michael kane did it and Sally Field flat out said, when it came out, um, I did it for the money, only for the money. I talked to Michael Caine. Michael Caine said he did it for the money and only the money. Um, they, they gave him big paychecks for the time. And they signed up based on those paychecks. Oh, Burt Reynolds was the other one that was going to star. And Burt Reynolds opted not to. It would be cool to. to watch Burt Reynolds in it. <laughs> um, Burt Reynolds is the last one that passed. But yeah, it was John Wayne, Clint Eastwood, and Burt Reynolds were the top three before that Irwin Allen won it. Um, the, the other part about this, I talked about how Sting, this killed the Sting prequel. This, uh, this movie also killed, um, he had plans for yet another follow-up to the Poseidon Adventure. And he was coin flipping before uh, about which one he was going to do first. Actually, he had three ideas. One involved, um, oh, who's the main guy in the original Poseidon Adventure? Uh, Gene, Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. Was, he had, his first idea was that Gene Hackman was going to play his, the character in the first one, his identical twin brother who shows up in a helicopter to save him at the end of the movie. <laughs> and he, was, he had an entire plot line. And then it was going to involve them using the helicopter to go on adventure. It made no sense, but it, I would have watched it. But the other plot line he had, and why this ties into Stallone, was he was coin flipping between these ideas. And he goes, oh, I'll just do the, the miser idea. I'll do next. I'll do another follow-up. I'll do Poseidon Adventure 3. Um, and it was a plot where the people who survived the first one decide that they're going to sue. They're going to file suit against the company, the Poseidon company, whoever made the boat. And on the way to do so, on the train to do so, they're in this train and the train's going under this tunnel in Vienna or wherever the boat was launched from. And the tunnels collapse and they're sealed in and they have to fight their way out. This idea went on to become daylight years (laughs) later. That's... If you look at the original credit, the original credits and things like that, um, it was it was it. I don't think Irvin Allen's credited, but it, there is acknowledgement somewhere that it was basically uh, his idea that somebody expanded on, and that became. Well, and Daylight is one of those dog turd movies that I actually enjoy. I've even never though, seen it, even though I watch it. I, I even when even when I watch it, I'm like, damn! But this is Poseidon Adventure. <laughs> ripping off the Poseidon Adventure 100. percent there is a scene in the Beyond the Poseidon Adventure where they're saving a blind kid, right, James? It's been a long time yeah. since I've seen it. How the heck? You've, you've got to watch it. There, there's a blind kid in the boat that they're trying to Still, lose. Still, there's more people in that boat when they and, go back through. And there's automatic gun turrets. There's more. <laughs> let's go back to there's still more people in that boat. That, wow. well, there's, and there's, 
again, Mark Harmon, a young Mark Harmon, is in this picture. I don't you remember look, Mark Harmon at all. You look at the cast and you're like, they they got all these people to sign up. And so when I read that Michael Sally Field flat out in the interview said Michael Caine and I both did it for the money. Most people did it for the money. I'm like, well, yeah. And, and quite frankly, by the way, if you're listening, Hollywood, if you need somebody to play a bloated corpse in a movie, if you will fly me to the set, you don't and even pay have me. to put makeup on us. No, no, pay me a I don't know. Uh, $30 in uh, gift cards to a nice place to eat and then whatever the scale is I'll do your move Caravas are above <laughs> <laughs> if you can get me to a Druzzers oh that's far too much um, okay so I have a ton more man I, I, I'm surprised nobody none of us brought up the Jaws sequels well the thing is is you, you guys said we should do the first sequel and Jaws, Jaws 2 Jaws 2 is not good. No. But it's not as bad as the ones I brought up. Jaws 3 is laughable, which is fairly entertaining. Yeah. Ja Actually, Jaws 4 is kind of the same. And it has Mike uh, Marco Kai. And Mario Van Peebles. Right? So why would you knock that? Uh, there's a couple. So what's your three. honorable mentions, Joe? Yeah, go for Dude, it. I'm, I'm just curious because I've got a couple. All of these, Hangover Part 3, it's not even a comedy. No. I know we weren't talking about It's not even a comedy. Uh, Blues Brothers 2 is a piece of shit. Blues Brothers uh, the, I, so that, was, that was going to be on my list, and what saved it is the soundtrack. The X-Files, I Want to Believe. Yeah, that's that one's uh, bad. I've actually never seen it. I couldn't oh make my God. watch it. Billy Connolly plays a priest who's right. actually a child molester. It comes up during the movie, right, James? I'm not making Yeah, uh, by the way, though, Billy Connolly is the, is the most redeeming part of that film. Yeah, he is. As an actor. Basic Instinct 2 is barely a movie. Has anyone ever seen it? Except no, I, me? Could, I couldn't watch it. Oh my god! If it if it wasn't if it didn't have Sharon Stone in it and it wasn't called Basic Instinct Two, you would be watching that on Skinamax. And it doesn't even have that much nudity, and you'd be pissed. Why isn't there no more boobs? Yeah, it sucks. All right, hold on. I can keep going. Species Two. You guys ever seen that piece of shit? Yeah. And the funny thing about it is, is it's directed by Peter Medic. Medak. He's actually a. He's Hungarian, I think. He directed some great movies. One of the one of them is The Changeling with George C. Scott, which is a lot of people's favorite horror film. I don't know if you ever looked this up. No, I haven't looked it up. I know the it's, it's, it's got a it. it's got a wonderful creepy scene with a ball that freaked me out as a kid. But there's a lot of people that love it. Superman, you know ever seen had a uh, a ball in it that creeped me out as a kid? What troll? <laughs> Superman <laughs> three and four are both dog turds. I don't know why everybody shits on four and forgets about three. Hmm. Richard Pryor. I get yeah, this is the best part of it. The Rage Carry 2, oh, hell, that's awful. Yeah. The only redeemable part of that movie is there's a really cool scene right at the end when he's looking at the mirror and there's another mirror and there's another mirror and there's a crack. That's kind of a creepy shot. Terrible movie. I watched that in Moorhead at the Dollar Cinema there on Main Street. Yeah. What a piece of shit. What a piece of shit. Hold on, did I miss anything? I could go off on the Matrix movies, but I feel like a lot of people have done that. Uh, I'll bring up one that uh, my one of my honorable mentions, Boondock Saints too. Okay, but I like scenes in it. There's scenes in it that are good, but the movie's oh, nonsensical not and doesn't make it. It's awful. Yeah, so no. But like I said I, I had to figure out what was painting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my electric bill just came in. Uh, the, your electric uh, bill just came in. Yeah, it, it gave me a pop up of my screen. All right, really quick. What are your all honorable mentions? 
Uh, Boondock Saints 2 I didn't have on my list because, again, much like with Blues Brothers 2000, Blues Brothers 2000, the big problem was you took an R-rated film that was for adults and you made something family-friendly with it, but you kept a great soundtrack, Aretha Franklin, BBK. Agreed. It's got a good soundtrack. That being said, the movie that came up on mine, and I didn't put it on my main list because it was given, I think it was given a minor, 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 minor theatrical release, but mostly was direct-to-video, is a little film called S darko yeah i've never oh, seen it I though make, I, yeah i couldn't watch it it makes bother that movie needs a sequel like i need another uh well it, pound and it it <laughs> not the british one <laughs> it, 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 uh, it tries to be smart like the oh, first like one was pounded um <laughs> okay and, and you would think richard kelly um hasn't had many huge hits um Kelly had nothing did he have anything to do with the sequel no no he flat out actually when it was coming out he flat out said i have nothing to do with this i disavow all knowledge of it it is not in my universe yes uh, richard kelly though i mean southland tells and things like he hasn't had any huge hits um in a while i don't know if he works still um he actually recently came out and he said he did have an idea for another film in the darko verse he didn't use that term. I'm, I'm dark yeah. over as you heard it here. But, um, and I, obviously if he's doing it, however you feel about uh, Donnie Darko or any of his other films, when you watch one of his movies, you go, well, that was something. Um, Southland Tales. I agree with that. Justin Timberlake and uh, The Rock together for the first time. Um but S. Darko has none of that. You basically have a huge fanboy. It was directed by Chris Fisher. Uh, Nate Atkins wrote the screenplay. And, and they basically admit they were just trying to get, they, it's almost a fan film. It's a fan film that had enough money behind it that they got DeVay Chase, who was in the original, to play, to come back and play the sister. Um, but I mean, the only thing Chris Atkins really has done since is he's directed TV, The Magicians. Uh, I think he directed some of that. Um, yeah, no major movies. The Magician, Runaways, Inhumans. That's okay. some interest. Is so that your own? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, that's that's the other one that when I was saying about terrible sequels, I was like, it's not even. It's a. I don't. I don't consider it a sequel. It's a ripoff that happens yeah. to use the name. What's so, your? Go ahead. Honorable. Honorable mention, other ones. Uh, the various non-sequel sequels of Django. There you go. Okay. Um, oh, man, I had them and I lost it. Uh, shoot. Bang. Bang. No, um, I'm good. I want to defend two movies that people say suck. Okay. I have three. But since we're not only, when we're doing direct sequels, I'll leave Poltergeist 3 in the closet for now. Okay. 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 That and I'm friends with the director on Facebook and I keep begging him to come in. I like Poltergeist 3. Well, I do too. Yeah. But I also want him to do the show. Okay. But he doesn't really respond to my messages. No point pissing him off now. Yeah. All right. I actually don't. Uh, Blair Witch 2 Book of Shadows is a good movie. Okay. Well, I don't know if it's a good I, movie. I can't judge it because I've never seen it. It's an interesting premise about how everyone believes videotape and it was misjudged at the time because of several different factors, one being it's an original movie, and it, where it sucks at is being a sequel to Blair Witch. Yeah, it's a, it, it, and they hired documentary. They hired a documentarian, Joe Berlinger, to do it, who did the 
who did the three documentaries on those guys of the West Memphis Three. West Memphis Three, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paradise Lost. Paradise Lost films. He's very talented. But you know, and the movie they they ran out of money, so he shot a portion of it in the back in his backyard yeah. of his house. I know that, but I've never actually been able to watch the movie. A lot of it's cr- scrapped together. Some of it was cut afterwards because it was do whatever you want to. They didn't care. Artisan, at the time, it was made for artists. It all ended up at Lionsgate, but it was made for artisan. If anybody remembers them, they were bought out. was trying to get uh, – they were going on the stock exchange. I'm almost positive. So they just had to get it out there to bump the price of the stock so right. they'd all get rich, right? Right. That was part of it. So they let him do whatever he wants. It was like, what the hell did you do? And then they start recutting. And that it didn't come out the way you wanted to. The other one I want to defend, even though it is not good. I, I'm a fan of the director, Alan Arkish, is Caddyshack 2. Uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, no, I like Caddyshack 2. It's not good. But it's but... on four out of the five lists of worst sequels ever when really? I was going through that. Yes. Uh, screw those You know things. the worst part of Caddyshack 2? John, it's in Silverman. Or are you going to say Jonathan Silverman or no, Dan Aykroyd? it's Dan Aykroyd. Okay. And I love Dan Aykroyd. Maybe not as much as James Thomas, but I think Dan Aykroyd is amazing. Yeah. However, he is, that, he is awful in that movie. Yeah, yeah. That, that voice that he does. He is awful in that movie. The, uh, by the way. I, and it I, didn't I, have Rodney Dangerfield and Bill Murray. It had Jackie Mason. It had Jackie Mason and Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> Uh, yeah. just, just as an aside real quick Robert Stack's pretty good in it actually yeah, go yeah. back and watch it but I, I, is he a Ted Knight Oh, nobody will ever be Ted, Ted Knight that no. man was hilarious yeah, I am not bashing Caddyshack 2 I enjoy Caddyshack 2 and that opening sequence gets my blood pumping every time I hear it It's got actually I may sometimes prefer the song over the original one yeah. back to the shack woo Caddyshack 2 definitely is a far superior sequel than the Sting 2. Yes. Yes. I'm not there's no debate there. And that's that's my judging point is which sequels did I see that actually made me mad? Uh by the way, another terrible direct DVD sequel that I feel we do need to bring up. Um I tried to stick on with theatrical, but uh Christmas Vacation 2. Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure probably doesn't ever needs to be seen ever. Uh, it was on whatever the Family Channel is now, and I, I caught enough of it to make myself cry. Before I forget, because I don't have the list in front of me, the the three the the um, three terrible sequels. Christmas Story two. Yeah. Oh no, a summer story. Yeah, I don't. I disagree. You do? Yes. I couldn't actually watch. I couldn't even. Sit now there. you're not talking about Daniel Stern one. Are yeah. you talking about the Daniel Stern one? Yeah. No, that's actually, there was a sequel to A Christmas Story that came out in the late 80s, early 90s that Bob Clark got to do. Yeah. And they named it, uh, it wasn't Christmas Story 2. But it started, that, that one starred Kieran Culkin, right? Yeah, that yeah, one yeah. started Kieran And no, Charles, Charles Grogan's the dad. Yeah, yeah. If you enjoy A Christmas Story, I actually. My the, Summer Story. My Summer Story, and it's also called something. It runs in the family. It's the which was a terrible title. No, they changed the title and they dumped the picture. It's not bad. Now the problem is, is it's never going to be a Christmas story, right? But Bob Clark directed it, and it's got this. And what's his face does the narration. It's not bad. Okay, I've never seen the movie you're about to talk okay. about. I'm sorry. I'm I wanted sorry. to defend because most people have never seen that picture, right? 
And if you're a huge fan, I know you have to be a huge fan. I'm not telling everybody to go out there and get it. It's just not bad. Right. Does uh, that make sense? Right. Uh, the next one, Meatballs 2. <laughs> that like, is a dog turd. <laughs> there is no redeeming qualities about Meatballs It's got empty nest dude in it, right? Leslie Nielsen? No. Uh, oh, yeah, it does. Richard, but, yeah. Or whatever his name is. But there's a whole subplot about a, an alien that looks absolutely shitty, and he, he there's a I boxing match. And the alien has superpowers and gives or has magical powers and that gives the the camp boxers like there's a meatballs three too right? is there I, I think so I don't know but meatballs two and then I've never seen this other than hearing piss poor reviews of it and even that the was, first one's not that good Wild Things too I like Wild Things you do well it's hard not to like Denise Richards topless well yeah but and Bill Murray but everything else around that movie. Ugh. And you I see, by the way, and you see topless. Kevin Bacon the uh, full frontal. Do you? Yeah. I don't At the his. scene when the whole twist was he was working with Matt Dillon the whole time, he comes out and he he didn't put the talent right way, and there it is, full frontal. I don't remember. Just was it doing this? Just, ex- yes, it was. It was going back and forth in the wind. <laughs> Elephant truck. It was grabbing. By the way, do, do you know who directed um, uh, Meatballs Two? No. Ken Wiederhorn. Am I saying that well? Re- I don't Re- know. Who is he? Do, do you, but oh, I figured y'all would know him. He directed Return of the Living Dead Part Two. Oh, oh, and story. Tom Matthews, who stars, who's the he and Jim James Karen are the two yeah. that are in both, mm-hmm. even though they play totally different characters. Mm-hmm. He told me the story. Yeah. You were there. I was there. Yeah. I guess he he <laughs> also directed episodes of Freddy's Nightmare. So there you go. Oh, okay. Ken Wiederhorn gave that's why meatballs to Tom Matthews also hates Return of the Living Dead too. He told us all. Mm-hmm. But he also directed Shockwave with Peter Cushing in 1977. Shock. Because Peter Cushing had nothing else going on in 1977. Nope. So that was one those, damn thing. Those were my honorable mentions. All right, guys, that's pretty good. I want to go ahead and remind everyone that I will be at Harlan Hunt Fest, so be sure if you're near Harlan or want to come to Harlan, come see us. Bonehead will be interrogating, I mean, moderating oh. the guests. What? Other horrible sequel. Didn't make my, didn't, wasn't, it's not terrible enough to make my list. U.S. Marshals. Oh. It's, it's not a real sequel. It becomes an action film, folks. Yeah. That's not what The Fugitive was. No. It's, eh. But it's Tommy Lee Jones. It is kind of. It is kind of. Yeah. Harlan Hunt Fest. Come on down to Harlan Hunt Fest. Want to thank the Griffiths for giving us a good time at Scarefest. Yeah. They're probably not going to listen to this or give no. two shits. Brandon's not going to pay any attention to this whatsoever, but I do want to say on the record, thank you so much. We always have a good time at Scarefest. And it was good. So, you know, actually a lot of people coming up to us saying bonehead. Yeah. There was a few. Mm-hmm. I had I, There was a several Sunday. Oh, well. And then one guy went, sticker dude! Yeah. I may have gave out a lot of stickers. You, yeah, you gave out quite a bit. But we have some stickers. stickers. James, where were you this year? I, uh, uh, truth be told, and, and being in all honesty, I am uh, I am in the middle of uh, some pretty intensive research. Not that anybody that listens to this is really going to care, but I actually have made a, this side. a, I know, that's why I said, I know nobody cares but me, but I've, I've made a, a interesting historical discovery that is actually somewhat significant did and, you uh, find the necronomicon then it doesn't matter in a way um no 
Thank you so much for tuning in. Share the show, please, if you would. Share us on your social media. Follow us on your social media. And here's what we really need. Subscribers. Rate us. Leave also, yeah, also, you really can follow us on... Uh, yes, we need ratings. A lot of you MFers are listening on Apple and not rating us. Yeah, if you're listening to us on Apple regularly and like us... Because it's not called iTunes anymore. It's yeah. called like something else. Yeah, please well, take well, the iTunes doesn't exist. Just click on how many ever stars you think we are. Hopefully four and above. Because I can't take that criticism. <laughs> I can. Promise. I've been told I suck several times. Just no, click a button, folks. Just take that time. That's just a half a second to just say. Half a second to, to click. say five stars. Yeah. Also, also, I want to say personally, um, we do have a Twitter account. Uh, recently tweeted Paul Hogan because that's not a knife. This is a knife. Uh, but anyway, um, we only have 105 followers. Uh, we have people that check us out, I found out, but they don't actually follow us. Um, and I say that to say we got 30 people that retweeted or liked or did something with a, a, a tweet we did uh, arguing that Paul Hogan, Sylvester Stallone, and Arnold Schwarzenegger should all make a film together, um, which evidently people liked that idea. So it, it, it has became our most popular tweet. It was still getting hits earlier today. Uh, that being said, 105 followers my professional academic page where I talk about stuff nobody cares about as almost 300 some. So I have no idea what I have on Twitter. I only have a hundred and something. I had like five. And then I gave up. People find my educational nonsense way more entertaining than evidently Bonehead is. So prove me wrong. Here's where we went wrong, gentlemen. True crime is what we should be doing right now. Hold on, Joe. Hold on. Been doing two cons recently. Hold on. The way we run this show is a true crime. And with that, thank you all so much for tuning in. Keep on listening to Bonehead and rate us on those iTunes Apple products. Thank you. Bonehead out. Come and knock on my door. Push pause. Can I stop this now? (laughs) As soon as he pushes pause.